0: This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter. And explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. morning
1: morning morning
2: how are y'all pretty good how are you good ready to record episode 15 here what uh what are y'all drinking i had about a gallon of coffee this morning
1: good jared
3: currently drinking a gallon of coffee
0: no bourbon in it no you are talking a big game on the bourbon and I, your coffee earlier this week. Well, listen,
3: the, that was before my current state.
1: <laughs> sounds like we all need a Bloody Mary. Yeah. That would be good.
3: We need
0: something. I, at some point in this episode, will procure a mimosa, but I needed a cup of coffee first. For uh, our loyal listeners. Our recording schedule's off, and it's early on a Sunday morning. But as the last episode was as well,
2: just in a different venue. Yeah,
0: much different. The uh, only thing I have to follow up on from the last episode was to point out that I did not trip, and nobody went to jail. So it was it was pretty close, though. Yeah, Vegas, baby. John, what book do you have?
1: Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. Ooh.
3: Jared, what about you? I have I Am the Messenger by Marcus Zuzak. Zuzak. Okay.
0: I've got uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson.
2: John, go ahead. All right. I uh, have a history with this book.
1: I, um, Started it last year and then dropped it and then picked it up again as we got into this Halloween season. Um, it's a it's a special kind of fucked up. Hey, Stephen King writes some fucked up shit, and uh, this one is special.
0: Takes the cake.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm a pet lover, so it definitely kind of was weird, and I'm not a huge fan of cats either.
0: I'm telling you, I haven't looked at cats the same since I read that book.
1: I think they're all
0: dead.
3: Yeah. <laughs> wait, oh wait, no, never mind. I've never read the book, so I don't know. And when I run on the dike in the morning, I see a ton of cats, so I may not want to run. Read this. Read this I book. S-
0: I saw a cat. Not to derail us too far. A couple of weeks ago, there was a cat on my roof and it was like it is late at night and i could see the silhouette of it and it just gave me the heebie-jeebies. Uh so
1: th- this book is kind of i don't know the general theme is basically sometimes dead is better. It's kind of just better to let something go that's died than uh try to bring it back, i guess. Um it's It's actually based on uh, his experience as a writer in residence at the University of Maine. So it follows a doctor at a university and uh, his story with this house he bought in rural Maine. And when Stephen King was doing this writer in residence thing, he had this house that had this road where a lot of animals died and behind his house, there was this pet cemetery and it had a sign that was misspelled. And so that's where he drew this inspiration from. And he said, it's the the book that messed with him most while he was reading it. If you're in for, if you like a good uh, horror or I don't know if it's horror, but it's, um, it's dark. Yeah. It, this is the book for you.
0: He, uh he's I had seen somewhere he said he didn't even want to publish it or he thought about not publishing
1: it yeah I believe that's I've read that too so yeah, I definitely would recommend it I think it's one of his better ones I watched the movie the newer one after I read it and I I w- didn't care for it I I, I like movies to try to stick with the book as best as possible and I think certain details in books are important, and I know it's difficult to put a book onto the screen, but I don't think they did a very good job of uh, taking these important details from the book and putting them on the screen.
0: Have you seen the original one? I
1: hadn't seen either of them, so... I have not. I'm kind of got averse to watching the older movies if there's a newer one out, unless I
2: really want to watch it. I've heard that it was scary. Gave people nightmares forever.
1: It didn't really mess with me too much because I'd already read the book. But The movie? Yeah.
0: Uh, I need to watch one of them.
1: Uh, Check out the older one. Let me know how it is. Let's see if I can find it. I think I've said this before, too. It's always weird to make sense of the setting in your head and then watch the movie. And then all of a sudden that what you had pictured in your head doesn't exist anymore. It's all based off what the movie did. Yeah. No, that's,
0: that's a good way of explaining that actually. And going the other way too, if you've seen the movie before you read the book, you know, then you're trying to morph the book into parts of the movie. And I don't like doing that either.
1: Yeah, I'm actually doing that right now, too, and they're, they're sticking to the book I'm reading, but it's still, I'm not making sense of it in my head. I'm just going off what I've already seen. What are you reading? The Devil All the Time.
2: Oh, oh yeah. Um,
1: the Netflix movie. I, I'd like in the movie. I'll talk about the book next time. But uh, so the general, uh, Stephen King's. I'm not going to get into what else he's written because he's about a thousand of them. But nine ninety three paperback on Amazon and wow. fourteen dollars on Kindle. I read this one actually. This is one of the first paperback books I've read in a while.
3: The paperback's cheaper than the Kindle. Yeah. Is that what you just? Yeah. Wow. How
2: about that?
1: So uh, got some one-star reviews. <laughs> it's, Stephen King books are never good. I bought this for a gift. It was never finished. No <laughs> book. This guy bought this for a gift for someone and then came on to give it a negative review. <laughs> Missing chapters one, 31 through 34, they were replaced with chapters four through seven. Is this supposed to be scary? I was under the impression that this was supposed to be a page turner. I feel misled. The book is exceedingly slow with most of it being built up based on the protagonist moving his family to Maine near a pet cemetery. But wait, there's another sort of cemetery near this one. Uh Oh, I didn't talk about that though. You'll have to read it to go into those details.
3: Yeah. Oh man. You just gave it <laughs> away.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, I've got some on that, the comment that said this book wasn't scary. I, uh, I was, I've been thinking about that cause I'm reading a book right now. That is kind of, it's supposed to be scary, I guess, but it's, and it was in, in parts, but now it's kind of come out of it. But mm-hmm. I think when you're talking about horror books, especially, you know, there's different scary means something different to everybody so yeah. like the book the book 1922 isn't scary but i had dreams about rats for a month after i read it so you know it's there's the there's the scary that actually scares you or there's like the psychological scary where you kind of get in your head uh the shining is another example that book there was parts of it that weren't meant to be scary but it was like when he was going crazy from being so isolated out there. I mean, that's, you can picture that happening to yourself if you were in the same situation and that in itself is scary, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, misery really wasn't a horror book, but I wake up uh, with sleep paralysis occasionally and I've realized that it's actually just me dreaming, but it's, it feels like I'm waking up in my room and I cannot move and someone's coming into the room and I trying to fix it or do something about it, get to my gun or something, and I just cannot move. And that's essentially what this guy in misery went through is the whole book. So that one was just, it was tough for me to read. That's probably one of my biggest fears is not being able to move, like being wrapped up in a rug. I tell Katie all the time, we can't have rugs in our <laughs> house with the house
0: they can't come <laughs> alive at night and roll you up and <laughs> Yeah,
1: Like if we're going to have rugs, you're going to have slits in them. So I can, <laughs> um, and speaking too on that fear thing, that book, the devil, the no, no, movie really, I haven't got to this point in the book, but it talks about how Satan, if you're scared of rats, Satan will make you see rats all the time. And it'll be in your dreams, nibbling on your fingers and, mm-hmm. If you don't have control over your fear, you uh you manifest it. Yep. But um back on the book, I do recommend it to anybody that the Stephen King fan or wants to maybe don't start with this book if you are just getting into Stephen King. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, definitely wouldn't.
1: It's worth the read though.
0: I still think misery is the best Stephen King intro. Yeah, I agree. I think that was mine.
2: Jared, tell us about yours. We have
3: today, I am the messenger by Marcus Zuzak. It's also called the messenger in Australia where it was originally published. Um, kind of picked this book up, uh, because of browsing through the internet, looking, looking for some reads. Anyhow, we were, uh, I, I picked this up. I was looking through a, uh, a uh a uh, basically a men's book club online mm-hmm. and i was looking at the books that they've read this year and uh this book popped up and i was like i'll give it a go so i went to thrift books and uh online in order to use copy and uh pretty pretty happy i did i really enjoyed this book uh it's about at the uh main character's name is ed kennedy him and his friends were at a bank that that is actively getting held up and ed kennedy saves the day because of his friend's shitty car that won't start anyway it it's pretty it's it's pretty funny so it goes through he ed kennedy becomes famous because of this bank robbery that he saves uh he catches the bad guy anyway then he gets a card an ace in the mail with three names on it and they're the messages basically so he goes through the entire book filling out these names completing the message and changing these people's lives for the better and uh eventually the it comes down to the last card where it's his three best friends He has to find out how to help them, and he eventually does. Gets closer than ever with his friends, and, uh, man, it is just kind of an uplifting book, man. It'll make you feel good. You need a feel-good book every so often. Especially after reading Intensity. And
1: Pet cemetery. Uh, (laughs)
3: There
1: was a time uh –
0: it was a couple years ago now where I got on just a big bender of Stephen King books read like six or eight in a row. And by the time I was on those last ones, I'm like, man, I've got to read something else <laughs> my whole
3: life. <laughs> Dude, yeah, man, this book, this book will make you happy. it will have you laughing. Uh, it'll make you sad. Um, uh, man, it's just got it all. Um, i i would recommend it. it it took me just over a week to read it again it's a it's another book you can knock out a lot faster than that um question i have uh on on the cover here it says children's book uh, it won it's one it won a children's book award in australia Uh, Man, their standards must be different in ours because I read more shits, bullshits, dickheads in this book than maybe any other book, a few F-bombs. They're talking about sex in just about every chapter because they're teenagers. I'm like, man, I don't know how a child's going to read this.
0: (laughs) I know a couple of Australian folks, and they have got the foulest mouths you can't even imagine.
1: I mean, their favorite, my favorite word is just a regular word for them over there. I
0: saw something. (laughs) I saw something the other day. It's like Americans do miles per hour and Australians do cunts per dingoes or
2: something. (laughs)
3: Shit! Oh, that's basically how. Maybe, maybe it is a children's book, but (laughs) I thought I thought it was pretty funny because I was like, "Man, how the hell is this pat? How is this pass as a child's book?" But uh, but anyway, it it's good. Uh, One star reviews, of course, there are some. And one's title just big thumbs down. I read this in my book club. All eight of us hated this book. The big twist at the end of the book is not really that creative. It may not be, but it's a feel good book, damn it. But uh, didn't do anything for me. I purchased this book after reading the book Thief, which was a great read. I stopped reading halfway through and concur with the other one star reviews was a disappointing waste of time and money, but there's a lot of stuff like that. I guess he could foresee some of the situations that came in the book, but not that big Yeah. Well, sometimes it's nice to, <laughs> to kind of know. But yeah. yeah. You know, in the other book he read, obviously, or he wrote the book Thief, I feel like everyone's read the book Book Thief except yeah, well, me. I haven't so read it I'm either. Might, me neither. I'll probably,
0: yeah. I'll probably read it's, that. I, I think they made a movie out of it, didn't they?
2: I think so. I, I don't know. Or maybe a TV show. We'll follow up on that. And that was I Am The Messenger by... What's his name? Zeus, Zeus, Mark,
3: Marcus, Zeus. I'll just say Zeus. Zeus
2: A.K.A. the messenger. I don't know how the, how, how the
3: book, I would like to read that version to see how it might be filthier than this version. I don't know. The U S version. Oh
0: yeah. Could be,
1: especially if it's a children's book.
0: I've got uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas by Hunter S. Thompson. I I picked the book. Uh, I kind of always wanted to read it. You know, you hear about him a lot. Joe Rogan. uh, Various times throughout your life, he'll come up. Hunter S. Thompson will. Um uh, read the book just because of that, and uh, we went to Vegas a couple weeks ago, so I just read it while we were going out there and uh, finished it a couple days after we got back. The uh, general gist of the book, and there's actually a movie about it uh, based off of it too, but uh, the general gist of the book is he gets sent to Las Vegas to do some writing assignments. Uh one of them is on a, a uh, I think it's like a dirt bike race or a it's just a overlanding race, uh, endurance race, and then the other was a drug convention with district attorneys from around the country there, but basically it's just uh, they uh, he's a junkie really and so they're just in Vegas doing drugs the whole time and kind of ripping people off and it's it's an entertaining read he's a horrible person you know but uh it's fun reading and especially while you're there and you know hearing about kind of the old timey mob vegas and things like that but um, the uh it's it's worth reading though i think if you're just kind of wanting to hear some maybe hyperbolic stories and just hear about people that are strung out. It's, it's funny to read. So, uh, but that's really basically the gist of it. And, you know, at the end he's leaving Vegas, like everybody leaves Vegas, which is tired and hung over. Uh, it's pretty quick read. It's only about 190 pages. I think, uh, I read it, I read it in three sittings, basically the flight there, the flight back, and then one sitting at my house. And, uh, it's an easy read too. There's nothing, nothing too crazy. He's, he's out of that, uh, I think they call it gonzo journalism time. And so, uh, it's cool hearing about some of that, that within it as well.
1: Is, those are journalism's. That's where you um kind of immerse yourself in the story. Is that what that is?
0: Hey, that's a good question. I don't know actually. It's a style of journalism that is written without claims of objectivity, often including the reporter as part of the story via a first-person narrative. So yeah, I'd say so. And and he he has some other books. He's got uh, Fear and Loathing on the Campaign Trail, and uh, one called The Rum Diaries, which I think is pretty popular too. That's about some time he spent in Cuba, I think. So I I may read those other ones, uh, particularly The Rum Diaries. So the uh, on Amazon the book is 8.59 dollars for the paperback, $9.99 Kindle. It's got a 4.6 out of 5-star rating with uh, about 2,300 ratings. <clears throat> uh, the 1-star reviews are, will kind of mimic what I was saying. Uh, total waste of time. Don't understand why this guy is considered a great writer, more like a great junkie. <laughs> I'm sure he lived a very colorful life and had a lot of stories to tell, like your drunk, never married uncle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I had heard about this book and Thompson forever and finally got around to read it. I wish I had left it a mystery. Maybe I don't get it, but I struggled to finish it. For those who love the book and Thompson, I won't dispute your assessment, but I didn't care for it. It was too drug-soaked, too over-the-top, too hyperbolic, et cetera. And then never received it. So I would would probably uh, recommend reading it, you know, especially if you're going to Vegas. I always like to try to find books when I'm traveling that are maybe kind of halfway centered around where I'm going to be. Uh, and so Vegas doesn't have many, but that was one of them.
1: Hmm. That's interesting.
0: Yeah. You would think, but I don't know.
1: I mean, shit, I've watched like four Vegas movies. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I think there's a lot of nonfiction around it, which, which is good too. And I I actually don't know if that would fall into being a nonfiction book or not. Um, but uh, I know there's a book called like when the mob ran Vegas that I've always wanted to read. And then actually the stand, a lot of it takes place in Vegas by Stephen King. So when I say a lot of it, I mean, you know, 600 pages
2: of it, five or 6% of it. Does he talk about that country? Yeah, he does.
3: Wow. That's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> Poor bastard hasn't seen the bats yet.
0: <laughs> the movie's pretty funny. It's got uh, Johnny Depp in it and uh, Benicio del Toro, I think. I think so it is.
1: Didn't Johnny Depp uh, send Hunter S. Thompson's ashes into space? Spent like $2 million on <laughs> I, that.
0: I have heard that. <laughs> <laughs> what the um and Johnny Depp's also plays them in uh the rum diaries too. There's a movie on rum diaries. I think that's true. You know, Casey Donahue had a song called Hunter. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Want to get high when I die. <laughs> Great song. <laughs> I remember him telling us about that at the concert. Uh, uh, I went to see him at <laughs> he, um, that's about, he was just, that's where I got the Hunter S. Thompson story. Kind of got me interested in him.
0: He, uh, they, they were talking about him on Rogan the other day. Something they said about him was he had the most, like, bizarre group of friends that nobody could ever make sense of it. Like, one of his best friends his entire life was the county sheriff uh, in Vale, Colorado. Or Aspen, Colorado. And then Johnny Depp was his good friends, but then he had like all these low life friends too. And it was like, how's he friends with celebrities and sheriffs? And then you know, like all the
1: but he's gotta have someone to buy drugs yeah. from.
0: Yeah, that's why the sheriff. Uh well rounded, well rounded, dude. And then I read something about his there, talking about his daily routine. Let me see if I can find it here. This will give you kind of an insight into. So it says 3 p.m., wake up. 305, Chivas Regal with the morning papers and a cigarette. 345, cocaine. 350, another glass of Chivas, another cigarette. 455, first cup of coffee, Dunhill cigarette. cocaine, 4.20, orange juice, 4.30 to 5.05, cocaine, 5.11, coffee, 5.30, more Chivas, 5.45, cocaine, six o'clock, marijuana to calm down. I mean, so it is like that every day. 7.05, yeah, lunch, two Heinekens, two margaritas and a taco salad. 9 o'clock, start snorting cocaine seriously. 10 o'clock, acid. 11 o'clock, cocaine. Midnight, it's time to write. And then basically just, uh, oh, let's see, 12 to 6 a.m., cocaine, cigarettes, marijuana, coffee, Heineken's, gin, and orange juice.
1: I always loved the Heineken's.
0: 6 a.m. the hot tub for champagne and fettuccine alfredo 8 a.m. sleep
1: (laughs) champagne (laughs) fettuccine alfredo in the hot tub so different life for
0: sure interesting life uh what a routine speaking interesting lives that's all i've got on on that book uh it's worth checking out if you want to. If you want to read about five days in Vegas like that, uh, then that's the book for
1: you. Didn't you say uh, five days in Vegas feels like five years? Yeah, he
0: had a line in the book that said, uh, "It said uh, after five days in this town, you feel like you've been here five years," and that is definitely true. Cause I was there, I was there four days, which is the longest I've ever been there. And that was by, by Tuesday when it was time to leave, I was like, I've been here too long. <laughs>
2: so, <laughs>
1: okay. Katie and I were there less than what, 48 hours. I think we were only there like 42 hours. Yeah. It felt like we were there for a week.
0: Well, there's no clocks you, unless you intentionally go outside, you don't ever see outdoors. And then, you know, the time difference is so dramatic too. For I mean, it's not that dramatic, it's not like going to Australia, but it's it was what three hours for you and two hours for me. So,
1: yeah, that really messed with me.
0: It's tough coming back too, because.
1: You know,
0: you, you lose half a day.
1: The what was funny for me is too, is that you wake up and the market's open on Monday. I guess it wasn't open on Monday, but was it? I don't know. Uh huh. It should have been open on a normal weekday.
3: Yeah, I was getting nervous. Uh there. What about to watch y'all's wedding? And the damn live feed at the at the resort wasn't working, dude. So I was like, "Damn, I don't know if Barry's wedding is going to get recorded." <laughs> there was a, I was
2: <laughs> I was like, "Oh I shit!" I was
0: fucking with that web link, uh, basically right up until I walked down for the wedding.
1: I I would like to discuss the utter incompetence. Of SEC officials and the money they cost me. I had a hundred dollars on the Arkansas Auburn game, and Arkansas was winning the game until Auburn uh, spiked the ball backwards, which is a backwards pass and a fumble, and it cost me a four hundred and fifty dollar win before I even landed in Vegas. And then they protected Auburn again last night. <laughs> against Ole Miss. I
3: heard that was a thriller.
1: A friend of mine texted me and goes, why are they protecting Auburn? <laughs> it's not Alabama.
0: <laughs> did uh, Alabama beat Tennessee?
1: Oh, yeah. They did? <laughs> yeah.
0: I, uh, I was thinking, I've been watching the World Series, and I don't know who won last night's game. But I've been thinking, I'm like, man, it just feels like this game is – like this is being set up to go to
1: game seven.
2: Mm -hmm. Just
0: to, you know, it's been a weird year, short season. So, they need to hype it up as much as they can.
1: Yeah, they got a small market team versus a large market team. And ain't the Yankees versus the Dodgers. So, they're not getting the ratings they want.
3: Yeah. Uh, Thank God it's not the Yankees. Tampa Bay won last night. They did, so look at that. It's series is tied.
0: It looked like last night might have been a pretty good game. I'm telling you, it's going to go to seven games. I can feel it.
1: Speaking of the World Series, uh, I'm a Braves fan by location, and these yeah, these fuckers. Did not let Atlanta down. <laughs> they had three games to win one game because they were up three to one and blew the series to the Dodgers. They gave up by like fifteen runs in game uh, five in the first two innings.
3: That game was over before yeah. in the second inning. <laughs>
1: so congratulations, Braves. Yeah.
3: Yeah, wasn't that like the most
0: runs ever scored in the first, first <laughs> inning of a playoff game or something? Yeah. I've been I've been enjoying it. You know, it's better when the fans are there and when the games are a little more competitive. I tell you, all baseball is now is home runs. Solo home runs is all I've seen hit for three weeks that I've been watching.
3: You don't see as much small ball yeah. anymore.
1: Well, they had the DL in the – I'm sorry, the DH in the NL this year.
0: Yeah, I noticed that.
1: Yeah, I think it was COVID. And then they're supposedly going back to it next year, taking the DH out of the National League. But then the following year, they're reinstituting it permanently. So we'll have a designated hitter across both leagues, which will – Probably drive some ratings because
3: more home runs. Yeah, I want to see dingers. Yeah,
0: I, I I prefer small ball and pitchers' duels.
1: I do too, and I mean a grand slam's fun to watch, but solo home runs are just, just kind of like okay, one right. got away from him, and but grand slam is a a knife in the back. Yeah. That was generated because you played small ball and got the bases loaded.
0: Yeah. No, I like it. And I like watching, you know, trying to steal bases and things like that. Mm -hmm. Because I get a free Taco Bell taco every time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So running, John. Are you going to download the Strava app so we can hold you accountable?
1: I think I need to just be accountable on my own. It's my own goals, and they shouldn't be um, negotiable for me.
0: Yeah, well, I I appreciate that attitude.
1: I do have a Strava account.
0: I know you do. I remember you, I used to see you on there and your wife.
1: Is she not? downloading it anymore i don't think we hooked up our apple watches when we switched over
0: no i hadn't seen it in a while
1: yeah so we're both training she's doing my training plans i'm training for the i'm doing a 10k and then into a half marathon plan for the tobacco road half marathon and she's gonna join me on that training
0: yeah good uh so tobacco road Our plan B is the Skidaway run in Savannah, Georgia. Okay. It's the weekend before, so. That'll save me an hour. Yeah. And uh, it looks cool. It runs through like a country club neighborhood, so some swanky, probably plantation, former plantations, Uh, and then uh, along a river the washington river maybe Uh, and then a wildlife refuge is right there too so it should be cool
1: um is this going to be a good course for jared to break three hours yes yeah it's uh
0: elevation ranges from 50 feet above sea level to 65 feet above sea level so not too bad no
1: It'd be it'll Be hard to find a hill. To yeah,
0: it. it's gonna be. A, it'll be a good one for me too. Other than the humidity, but it'll be March, so it'll just be really
1: humid. Uh, it'll be good for me too, because I'm the way I'm training is I'm trying to do uh, keep my heart rate in the fat burning zone. So I'll run. I try to keep my pace to where I can run the whole time, which is pretty slow. But if I like hit a hill, I'll walk up the hill to make sure my heart rate doesn't spike. And then I'm not tired after the run. My muscles are sore, but I'm not like just destroyed.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's what I noticed back when I was trying the heart rate training, uh, which I always thought was really interesting. You don't feel wrecked at all.
1: Yeah. I mean, yesterday I, I went and did – in my neighborhood, which is pretty hilly, went and did it, and I had – was up at 5.30 a.m. to do that and went to Atlanta all day and
2: really wasn't that tired when I got home at midnight. I've got uh, plantar fasciitis, I think, and it's a bitch.
0: It hurts. It actually didn't hurt that bad this morning, so... Uh, hopefully I'm coming out of it a little bit I'm doing everything I know to do to fix it other than lose, changing my diet and losing
1: weight. I remember in high school, I had it and I remember reading that you, they suggested you would crawl to your bathroom out when you got out of bed. Cause it's worse in the morning and <laughs> then getting up, put your, soak your foot in the warm a bathtub
0: i'm telling you yesterday morning i about fell down as soon as i tried to stand up jesus uh, but it th- feels th- like th-
1: it's gonna rip
0: yeah doesn't hurt too bad this morning so uh i've got some insoles and jared keeps calling it pussyfoot itis but he's gonna get it
3: <laughs> <laughs> i hope not man don't put that on me but I heard every runner gets it eventually. I, I, I heard every runner gets it eventually.
0: I actually don't think mine's related to running. I think mine is tied to walking barefoot all the time. Or or in ladder then, accident. No, because I think <laughs> I was starting to have it a little bit before, before that. And I think it's tied to me walking barefoot and then switching to the running shoes. Oh, yeah. If I just wore my running shoes all the time, I
1: don't think it would be an issue. I like to switch up my footwear so my feet don't get used to anything. Yeah.
3: Strengthening.
1: So, keep y'all updated on that. But
0: I took, I hadn't run at all this week. And I probably won't run this week, this next week either. Got a 10K on Halloween that I'm going to run regardless in Midland at at race pace. Yeah. In Midland, which race pace for me would just be running the whole time at whatever effort. (laughs) These, this group I got hooked up with, I'm telling you there Friday morning, somebody sent out a message saying, Hey, some people in town are doing the virtual Marine Corps Marathon, and they're like, "Oh well, shit, let's just do it too." And they did it at like a seven seven fifteen pace the whole way.
2: Twenty yeah, twenty four hours notice, and probably These ran. These dudes are good. Yeah, and probably ran this morning too.
0: I don't. Uh, yeah, they don't seem to be injured ever or need to recover (laughs) ever
1: Jared? did you recover from your marathon with another marathon the next day like i told you to
0: they're probably all on a keto ketosis based diet
1: (laughs) carnivore yeah (laughs) that's why they could do
0: it have you listened to paul saladino on rogan yet jared
3: yeah i listened to it i tell you. I actually took some stuff away from it that I may start implementing. Is that why you were hollering at me about creatine the other day? Yes, that's exactly really? why.
1: I haven't heard that word in a long time. Okay.
0: <laughs> you must not know anybody that drinks Bang energy drinks.
1: <laughs> I see that shit advertised.
3: Dude, I thought. After the Charleston marathon last year, they had the bang girls out there giving out giving out free bangs and uh and uh I I grabbed one. I grabbed one <laughs> on good for you and I thought <laughs> I for whatever reason I was like I didn't I didn't read that there is caffeine on it on the in the in the can and I was like, I don't think there's any caffeine in here and I'm drinking, I was like, man, this is and I read the label and it was like 200 milligrams of caffeine in it. I was like, Holy shit. Right. I don't know that this is what never I need. One.
0: I just too much weird stuff in those, even though they claim to be the cleanest one. Now, Jerry, do you need to just get you some Jocko Mulk. I'm going to order some of that guy's uh, supplements. I think the organ supplements.
1: I want to do some liver stuff. Yeah. Stuff of an Instagram account I follow. Yeah.
3: Carnivore Aurelius. Yeah. <laughs> you know, listening to that that podcast though, it felt a little bit like he was trying to do some marketing while he was on the show for it, well, for, sure. for his own product. That made me a little skeptical of what he was kind of pushing honestly
1: i mean we're all selling something we have a podcast and yeah but all we want all the proceeds to go to our bank accounts
3: right i I mean but still i was like i don't know this guy i I gotta listen to
0: the science not the marketing i don't listen
3: to this oh one thing speaking of that one thing that kind of uh that they were missing out on they were talking about you know monocrops and, and you know and clearing the land for for crops and what all but they never talked about clearing land for grazing grazing pastures and that they don't and they were talking about soil being better on grazing land and i was thinking i was like these folks has never heard of overgrazing. And the, the kind of problems that causes with with soil erosion in those cases either. You know, like they completely blew that off to talk about the the harmful effects of of plant crops. But they never talked about the negative effects of grazing.
0: Well, yeah, and they, they may not know, but one thing they did talk about were the sustainable, you know, like the uh, the regenerative uh, farms. The people down in Fredericksburg that had the buffalo yeah. farm, you know, they did highlight how they're doing it right. Mm-hmm. You know, where they they move the the pastures of the buffalo and they're letting the buffalo eat the right diet so they're they can fertilize the land instead of uh, you know put a bunch of right. No, no nutrient in,
2: back in, in there. like,
3: so that I'm sure I don't know what kind of fertilizing they're they're putting in the soil other other than the cow shit. But in Oregon, there there were there's grazing land along the rivers up there. Some of them, and uh, you'll you will see to fertilize the pastures. They have these giant shit canning cannons. Launching gallons of liquefied cow shit everywhere up there, throughout the pasture. Yeah, i have seen that. I mean, you you can talk about the benefits of of grazing and you know when it's done sustainably, but I mean, you got to talk about the negative effects too.
0: Right. Well, they may not have experienced the negative effects of
3: overgrazing. Look at look at. Uh, like us panhandle boys have filled and mesquite
1: and dust bowl
0: jared i feel like you're dodging what what what, what? <laughs> the benefits of the carnivore diet
3: i I, well, I still don't agree with the carnivore diet but i i will take away because The, the, like the plant burger shit. So I think from now on, I would rather, I would rather, if I'm, if I want a burger, just go get some freaking beef, some grass fed beef. You know what I'm saying? Like not, not go with the soy burgers or anything like that. You know what I mean? Those
2: hiking behind (laughs) you would really appreciate that.
3: (laughs) john i'm sorry yeah
0: (laughs) the white oak pastures that he talks about uh you can buy meat from them it's actually pretty cheap it's not much more than i pay for my steaks here and it's grass-fed grass finished and that's on a per ounce level so i wasn't deceived by anything in that regard either (laughs) I can get grass fed steaks at HEB, but they're like, it's like the, it's not my kind of steak. They're uh. about this big. It's like a <laughs> golf ball cut in half. <clears throat> so I am going <clears> to <throat> mostly eat meat and tubers, is what I'm thinking, and some fruit and honey.
1: Does that come from that podcast you sent out to me the other day?
0: Yeah. Paul Saladino. I bet he'd come on.
1: I'm a big fan of tubers.
0: Yeah. The kind of what I took from it is anything that you pull the or you, anything that you don't pick, basically. So, but fruit is within that too. I'm not sure, but there's a different. I don't know. It's very scientific. We don't get into it right now.
3: I'm I'm starting to think more and more that that wow, I don't know where I'm trying to go with this, but some, some like you just need to eat correctly like i'm starting to think like it doesn't really matter if if you eat there's no science behind this this theory of mine but if you just eat clean you're probably going to be all right right well Stephen Stephen or
0: says he likes his plates to look like something was carved out of an animal or was and or you know ripped out of a ripped out of a plant or the ground which makes an awful lot of sense you know it's right <laughs> I,
1: I think as long as you have a plan and you stick to the plan you're going to make a good decision on what you're going to do with the plan yeah and, and
0: that's you're not actually... going to end
1: up you're not going to end up like i did on friday where katie and i were just laying on the couch like, you want to go to the frog and the hen where i ended up getting uh a fried chicken biscuit covered oh, in yeah. sausage gravy. oh
2: yeah <laughs> and, <laughs>
1: A cinnamon roll yes. bread pudding.
2: It oh, yeah. yes. was fucking amazing, but I felt
1: <laughs> awful. <laughs> uh,
0: that's, I that is one thing that uh, he he says is, I don't, you know, he's like, whether you do vegan or carnivore or whatever, it's like just making an intentional choice is, mm-hmm. you know, is a big step.
1: Yeah, you're not going to go, well, you know what? My plan is to eat cinnamon rolls for every meal,
3: every day. <laughs> That's right. probably not going to work out. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Now, even like Weight Watchers, um, I don't agree with a lot of the foods that they're allowed to eat on it, but it's worked out very well for my wife. Yeah. She's starting to put me on it if I can't get my shit together.
0: <laughs> um. That was, yeah, I need to make sure that I know what I'm having for every meal. Because if it's like, if it's not, I hate to say planned, but if it's comes lunchtime on Tuesday and I don't have lunch already made up, I'm just going to get some fast food
1: probably. Yeah, I'll eat nachos every meal if you let me. So. Yeah.
3: That's Courtney DeWalter's favorite meal. <laughs>
1: I've seen me do it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, the difference between John and Corey. (laughs) (laughs) John's not running 500 miles a week. Speaking
3: of ultra runners, do y'all still think David
2: Goggins is not real? I never said he wasn't real. Just saying. Oh, you were shitting
3: on him a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I should on LeBron a lot, but he he's a damn good basketball player. I just wanted to ask. <laughs> fuck LeBron.
0: <laughs> no, I never doubted he wasn't real or his ability. No, oh, in this episode. <laughs> Do what, John? The title of this episode, Fuck LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'll. No, I never doubted he wasn't real. I just don't – him
3: and Josh Abbott, <laughs> I just don't like him. I, don't why. Hey, I think we can all agree on Josh Abbott. My now wife – I
0: uh, don't know if I've ever told this story. I doubt it on the podcast, maybe not even outside of it. My now wife, when we were first starting to hang out, was – Josh Abbott was in town at this festival thing downtown is him and Granger Smith. And, uh, she's like, you want to come to this with me and all my friends? And I hadn't met any of her friends yet. So it was kind of a big deal. And I'm like, Nope, not going, (laughs) (laughs) not, uh, not supporting anything that has to do with Josh Abbott. And it almost was the end of what uh, what came to be because she thought it. She took it personally. But I was like, I just had to prove that I'm
2: stick to my principles. When uh, at Josh Abbott, when I was in college, Josh Abbott had a, I hope he still
1: does, called a JAB sports banter, <laughs> which it, the whole point of is to go back and forth and disagree on sports. And pretty sure I just called him a fucking moron, and he blocked me on all of his
2: all platforms.
3: <laughs> yeah, went through and blocked you. He took time out of his day to block. <laughs> it appears that
2: JAB Sports Banter still exists. Is it active? He's probably too busy cheating on his wife to. <laughs> Take care of that. There's no love lost between me and Josh Abbott. Oh, no. There hadn't been a tweet since 2015. That's funny. But he's still active on the Instagram.
0: He thinks everybody's his friend.
1: <laughs> we were discussing that, too, the other day about... I don't think LeBron, anybody is actually a LeBron's friend that he doesn't pay. I doubt it. And it's probably the same with Abbott. He's got his band and the people that have to be nice to him because they end up playing together sometimes.
0: The people he defaulted into.
1: Yeah. And uh, William Clark Green talked about how he never takes Josh Abbott's advice. He's an asshole. He asks advice. I, I doubt he's asking advice. He's probably getting told advice by Josh Abbott. Like, hey man, you really need to start cheating on your wife. If you're gonna be a big country star,
0: gotta act the part. So, anyways, funny Josh Abbott story that I tell to everybody that brings up Josh Abbott around me almost cost me what became my marriage. So, you guys got any uh, closing thoughts? God, I wish I could remember what I wanted to say earlier.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just remember, the SEC officials will ruin your life. Yeah, don't bet against Auburn. Sounds
0: like. Yeah. <laughs> or the Cowboys. <laughs> Can't wait to see what kind of shit show that's going to be
1: today. The Big Ten officials. What? Indiana win last night. Yeah.
0: I guess who were they playing? Yeah.
1: Penn number eight, Penn State.
0: That's their first game too, wasn't oh, it? Oh shit!
1: Yep, that was an awesome ending.
0: I didn't catch any football yesterday.
3: Say what? That's
0: all I'm going to do today, though.
3: Yeah. I did win my Pick'em League yesterday. The Hell yeah, Pick'em League. It came. It came down to a tie, but. The other guy forgot to enter his tiebreaker. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky
0: lucky day. I've got the dub. (laughs) Well, Jared, you got anything other than that? Um, Get your miles in. Can't. I got plantar fascia. I'll get them in, though, somehow. It doesn't hurt today. And I got some new insoles, so uh, hopefully they'll help. I can't wait to see what other injury they cause, though.
1: (laughs) I'm gonna get a stress fracture in your femur. Yeah.
0: Oh shit. Six (laughs) years to get it over it. Yeah. Oh, that'd be unfortunate. Yeah. So, all right, guys, good talking to you. I'm gonna go get some menudo. Ooh. Talking about them, Oregon mates, send some this way. Surely you can find some out there in Monk's Corner, South Carolina.
1: I might be able to in Augusta. Go get you some Super Mercado. Yeah,
0: that's where I get mine at Supermercado. which is the supermarket. To those of you not not hip on Hispanic
1: culture. <laughs> the uninitiated yeah <laughs> so all right see y'all next time y'all have a good one
2: giardia oh gosh
0: thank you for listening to the bourbon bookshelf podcast our aim with this show is to encourage people to read widely enjoy good beverages in moderation Get outside and have good conversations. We hope we can meet this goal while serving as good company for you, the listener. If you enjoy the show, please let us know by subscribing to and reviewing the podcast and following us on Instagram. If you really enjoy the podcast, please consider making a small monthly donation to help us continually improve the show. You can find the link to do this in the show notes for this episode or on our Instagram page at bourbon
2: Thank you. And we'll see you next time.